This week, the obvious question is, do I have to choose between belief and non-belief? I'm Mike Trevisano, and each week, one of the hosts of our show, Joe Bertalek, Bob Meyer, and myself, asks a question that may seem to be obvious, but once we get into it, there's a lot more underneath. And we ask you to help us find answers through comments on our site, obviousquestion.wordpress.com, or on our Facebook page for The Obvious Question. And hey, if you dig in the show, please share it, or give us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to it. That would be awesome. The more people that check it out and dig it, the more answers we get, and the closer we are to figuring some of this stuff out. So this week, inspired by some lectures by the philosopher Alan Watts, we talk about the two predominant models of the universe. One where we, it, are the product of some type of creator or intelligence, and one where we, it, are part of a natural scientific mechanical process, and that's it, right? With our question this week being, do I have to choose between the two? Is there another way to think of it? I was reading a... a a lecture by the late philosopher Alan Watts, who died in, I think, early 70s, 1973, something like that. And he said something that really, really fascinated me and made my my brain leak out of my ear a little bit. He was talking about that, uh, he was talking about belief and what people, at least especially in Western culture, what they tend to believe. And he said that uh, primarily they believe in uh, in, in a constructor of the universe of of belief of, of everything that that the universe came about because somebody formed it right a god some kind of god created the universe and we were cool with that until we started to learn a little bit about science right and we're able to to get comfortable with the idea that there are mechanics involved and there's physics and there's chemistry and that position shifted we almost he says got embarrassed that there was this idea of a God and we rejected it. And a whole bunch of people said, no, 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 no. What we have is an automatic process happening. It's, it's science, it's, it's physics and chemistry, and we don't know all of it, but we will, all, we will know all of it. And you people over there that, that still believe that there's some kind of uh, greater carpenter out there who is fashioning this you know, universe for us, you're, you're just, you're vague and you don't make any sense. And the people who are vague are looking at the people who are pure naturalist, atheist sort of science folks and are saying, you know, you guys over there, you know, you don't you don't get it. You don't see the music. You know, you don't you don't get this bigger thing. You don't believe. Right. And it it made me wonder. So there's there's two sides and they're playing this you know epic game of ping pong or tennis or boxing. Right. People who believe and people who don't believe. And the, my problem, my question for you guys is, I don't like either choice. Like, neither one makes me feel real good. Doesn't warm my heart. Doesn't make me feel fearless to, to die. Doesn't make, doesn't make me, doesn't give me guidance on being part of something bigger and of, of, of something more than myself, right? And, and I'm wondering, my question is, do I have to choose? If if my choices are believing in something or believing in nothing, do I have to choose, or is there another? Is there something else I can do? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that comes to me to to my mind is that there are other choices, and and it it might sound like a non-answer, but the the belief in possibilities or other opportunities, because I only know for myself what what I've read, what I what I've studied, what my parents and schools and 
you know, various religions have taught me. There's a lot of different options, you know, but I can't say that I'm at a definitive point in my life where I'm like, yep, all my money's on this, you know, red number 47. That's, that's it. That's where it's at. Because we know what science that I, I do agree with Mr. Watts at some point that there's going to be so much information or so much proof that shows, well, let's say there's a parallel universe or, uh, you know, we were, we were dropped here as part of some experiment or we're really part of the matrix. I don't know. I mean, those things are things for self-aware people that kind of keep us up at night or have us talking about this on a podcast. But then we get stuck in the reality of, well, I've got to work. I've got to feed my family. I've got to hold a job. But why? You know, if we knew that answer, would we even exist? Would would we carry on? I, it's a mind-boggling question. So uh, I'll defer to Joe at this point. <laughs> 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 Thanks. Thanks, Bob. And as always, Mike asks a tough one like that. Um, it gets me thinking. You know, my initial thought is when Mike said, is there, you know, a, you have to choose between two. He, he sets up this kind of dynamic that that for him, there's there's these two poles. And so he, he has to he, do I have to do either one of those or somewhere in the middle? And Bob, you say, well, lots of them, maybe thousands. Who knows? There could be out there options. But something struck me as you guys were talking is that you're talking like you're not part of it. And I think like I'm not part of it. Like I, I put myself in a place where I'm, I'm like standing back looking at the universe, the world, all these things. And as if I'm not a part of it, I'm thinking outside of it, looking into it. And I don't know what it looks like to be so much into it that you recognize that you're part of the whole thing that's going on. You know, so in a sense, it's like almost like putting yourself in a position of a God where, you know, you can step out of the environment as if there's you and then there's the environment versus being part of the whole picture and looking from the inside out. So uh, my initial thought is, can I do that? Can I somehow um, take another step, like a, maybe a step backwards and say, as part of this whole thing, like like everything is, trees and birds and animals and stuff, can I look at it from that perspective and, and then answer the question more effectively, being part of it rather than looking at it at a distance? First thought that pops in my mind is, it's hard to do that, but if I could... I might see a whole different picture. I might, I might negate that those two poles, Mike, that you set up, and I might see the world for, and I'm going to put this in quotes. You can't see it, but for what it really is, and I don't even know what that means when I say it because I think I'm seeing it what it really is. I'm thinking I'm seeing things as they really are, but I know from personal experience that what I see, what I think, what I hear, whatever, isn't necessarily any anything that anyone else does. We're not connected in any way that I know of that we both have those same experiences. So the world I see, the world you see, the world the Bob sees is probably different, more than likely different. And yet we're all part of it. So somehow we're all a piece of what's going on. And yet I feel like I'm stepping back and saying, well, looking at the world and how it's going, I have these choices. I don't think many, I don't think any other animals do that. I don't think like a, a coyote would step back and say, well, let me think now, how do I partake in this world? You know, we're obviously have more brain power, or whatever to do that. But I think that might be part of the problem. You know, mm. that, and trying to answer it is that we we feel that ability to do it when it's really not true. You bring up an incredible thing because he 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 in fact goes on in this in this very thing to to talk about uh, that that is a fundamental problem that that we have that I have for sure is that we think even if we accept things that I think we all accept the Big Bang right that 
the Big Bang happened, a whole bunch of stuff happened, and voila, here we are. We are some result at the end of the Big Bang, looking back on it and looking. And and he says, no, that's that's not that's not that's not probably what really is happening. What's really happening is that you are the Big Bang. The Big Bang is a process. It, he he says it's like taking an inkwell and throwing it against the a wall, right? And it splashes ink all over all this crazy pattern. And you point to one little spot at one part of the wall and then another spot four feet away and you say look they're separate from each other but they're not they're all from the inkwell they're part of the same process it, he, he uses that that sort of i think i think famous for him that idea of, of that uh, uh an oak tree is an acorn making more acorns right that it's it's part of the process and where you are on it de- depend defines how you're going to see it and i i think for the question this week uh, I still struggle with the idea of uh, I don't I, I guess I don't struggle with the idea that that naturalism makes sense to me because I kind of know science makes sense to me right but that being the be all end all makes me feel like gross <laughs> right yeah. but but the other side is too too weak yeah. yeah and the neat part Mike is we're not encumbered you that I know of you Bob or myself we're not encumbered with being experts in anything related to this like we don't have degrees and in, in, right. nothing nothing but like most people that listen to this i think just an awareness and, and a belief and a structure that allows us to talk about things but we're not encumbered by the idea that we have to know something that we have to actually put forth a principle stand on it. my whole reputation my lifestyle is all based upon being mm. professor such and such that knows the answer and then has to promote that answer i i would love to hear any answer i'd love to hear things from people that listen to the podcast that ideas on on how this comes together for them like you mentioned uh you know, the oak tree, I remember hearing years ago, somebody asked me the question, they said, is the egg the result of the, the chicken or is the chicken the result of the egg? In the sense that, does the egg use the chicken in order to promote itself and get another egg or does the chicken use the egg to get another chicken? And I say right away, the chicken uses the egg to get another chicken. But why not the other one? Why not the other way around? Why not say the egg is the thing and it uses the chicken to get another egg, you know, to create another egg? And my life all of a sudden starts to get skewed, and I start to ask questions I didn't ask before. Uh, one of my granddaughters asked me years ago, uh, when she was very little, she said, Grandpa, how do I know you? And I said, what do you mean, how do, how do you know me? I'm your grandfather, you know, and she said, no, but how did I, how did I get to meet you and know you? Like, where, where did I get to know you? And I said, well, you're my granddaughter. You got to know me, like, by seeing me, you know, at your house, and I, come visit me and stuff. She goes, but I don't think you're listening, Grandpa. I, I don't really know how I know you. It's a deep question. I mean, coming from a child, I thought, mm. that's a fun question. Because I just took it for granted that the way the world works is you have kids, they have kids, those are grandkids, they, they connect with you this way. But she didn't see it that way. She saw it almost like she was this separate thing looking out at the world saying, how did I get involved with you? You know, that kind of like, is she the byproduct of something that I did with kids? Or am I the byproduct of who she is in her life today? It's like, it depends on how you're looking at it. And I couldn't answer a question. I kept saying, well, I met you in the hospital when you were born and your mommy and daddy and, you know, daddy's my son. And, and she kept, she kept just looking at me going, but grandpa, how do I know you? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) And I I wonder if these beliefs, you know, are what keeps us alive, right? Like if we all had, like, 
if science did provide the answer is that lack of mystery it's kind of like if there was no plot twist or or really some adventure in, in the story of life does it stop existing like did, was it seems like everybody has a belief or that's their story and that's what keeps them going right i mean Maybe we don't think about it all the time, but I know for me, as I get older, it's, it's that question of, well, what's my purpose here? Why am I here? What happens after I die? You know, how am I connected to my family? How am I connected to Mike and Joe and everybody else on the planet? You know, this oak tree, tree story, that, that works for me, but do I have definitive proof? No, but I do have notions and feelings or spiritual senses that I can't explain with science or fact, but that I feel a connection to somebody or I feel a connection to nature or feel a connection to uh, an energetic being. And I feel that, that vibration and that energy. And that might sound crazy to other people. And I say, well, well, Bob, maybe you believe that, but I, I refute that. I don't believe that. I believe something. I believe in the, the holy divine spirit and this creator off here. But we all have something we believe and and probably even an atheist believes in whatever, whether it's, you know, whether it's Big Bang or something else, everybody has something they believe in. So I don't know, maybe I'm back to where you said, Mike, is it, is it you either believe in something or there's non-belief? Maybe there is no difference between the two. And something I think you said, Bob, that's really important is that belief, whatever it is, that's you. I mean, and if I start to challenge that belief, I'm really challenging you. I'm not, you know, I, I think of it as, well, I'm just challenging your belief. It's not like it's not like you, but what are you other than that? I mean, if you take away everything that you believe, where do you go? And so I think there's a piece of me that will fight like crazy to stay alive, that will fight like crazy to maintain my belief. On the surface, I say, oh, no, I'm open to pretty much anything. But if you take away everything that I am, what's left? You know, what, what would be standing there? You know, what would that thing look like or that person look like? I think, you know, we, we talk about these kinds of things. We say, well, that person's this way or that person thinks this way or they, they act this way. And we pretty soon get a pretty good idea of who the person is. We might not have even met them just from hearing the story. But then we get into the, the meeting and the connection, whatever. We get to know the person for real. You know, again, I'll put the quotes around it, know them for real. But I don't really think I know that people that way that well. But there's something about that connection that you mentioned, something about knowing you at a level where I don't have to know all that stuff. It's not important. And I really don't care if a lot of it disappears. It's superficial to me. But there's something there that is bigger than any of that stuff that I can't quite put my finger on that keeps me connected. And, you know, somebody might say, well, that's love or that's, you know, some other some other way of saying it that has a deeper feeling to it that can't be explained. I like those kind of answers because I think those are the answers, I think, and not answers, but those are the way we should think in terms of being connected as opposed to saying, well, you and I both enjoy golf or you and I both enjoy sports or whatever those things are and only find out that I really don't give a crap about you. I mean, I, you're a great person to go to a sports game, but I really don't like you as a person. I really don't want to be around you, you know, for whatever reason. And I can't always even quantify that. But isn't it neat to be in a place where you can say, I don't get it. I know there's a connection. I don't understand why, but I understand my set of beliefs and your set of beliefs might be different, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay getting way beneath that and saying, we're connected and knowing it, knowing truly that there's something bigger than that. And then like Mike's question, you know, what is it? Is it a belief system? Is it atheist? Is it, you know, what is it that's driving us? Or what is it that's either keeping us connected or is there something beyond that, beyond those questions? I think Alan Watts is a great, you know, a great speaker, did some really incredible books and thought processes. But again, he's, he's there with us. It's not like if we put him in a place where he's 
outside of this thing telling us about it, we're giving them too much power. Mm. As a as a conversation, bringing up questions and stuff like that, very powerful to me. That's and that's what he did best. As he he asked those questions, he challenged those those thoughts. I love that. I mean, to me, that's where I want to be with with these kind of conversations. Yeah, like you said, Joe, people don't like their beliefs challenged in that, you know, it's kind of like politics. If you start questioning what, what you believe, it's like it's your integrity of your soul. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a, it's a baffling thing. I look at the animal world, too. Like I was talking to somebody the other day and she, this person, you know, has a brother that he's an atheist and, and she's a, a, you know, Christian. And she was talking about how she just had uh, this moment where she was breaking down and crying and she said her dogs came over to her and consoled her. And, and that's the thing I think about is we tend to over-intellectualize all of these things, even what we're doing on the podcast. But I go back to what if what if there's other things, like the, the feeling nature of these things and how we're connected. And, and there's something to that. Like how, how does the animal kingdom resolve some of these things without, you know, what from what we perceive as communication? So... The fact that these dogs can can show love and express love, but yet we think we're we're higher beings than they are, and and that's all in our mind. So, mm. yeah, yeah, and I would say very similar that um, that there are things that go on that I don't understand, and yet because I'm human, and we humans kind of get together to make these kind of suggestions or conversations or beliefs, there's a pretty good chance I'm going to exclude things that don't look like me that don't act like me or behave like me because I want to keep this category kind of special because that way I retain my power and my ability to function in the world and, and to in some ways play a bigger role. But if I ever get to that point where I, I truly believe that everything's kind of equal that way and animals are animals and we're just a higher level of animal, things shift very quickly. And and for me, I, I like that. I like the idea that there's much more to it. I and mean, we, we, I think we read years ago, Dan Quinn's book, um, Ishmael, where he talks about you know evolution and stuff like that, and and are we just like one of the first of the the animal kingdom or whatever we would call it? again we categorize it that way, but the first one to have the ability to think this way about it and be able to converse with each other and maybe not understand what's really going on, put ourselves above it all. It'd be interesting to think of it more from the perspective of I'm categorizing, I'm limiting, I'm I'm putting this on the rest of the world and the rest of the animals. What would it look like if I didn't do that? If I just accept the things for the way they are and my belief kind of disappeared as much as it could so I could actually see what's going on. I could actually pay attention to what's happening. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess as a, as a final thought, because, I mean, we only need 20 minutes to solve these super <laughs> easy questions like this. Uh, for myself, I think if the question is, is do I have to choose between the two of them? I, I think what I'm hearing and what I'm what I've gotten out of it for myself is no, you don't have to choose. You don't really have to choose anything, you know, and, and maybe maybe what I was doing and, and wondering about the question is I was limiting myself to needing to be able to uh, vocalize something about it. Right. And I don't have the words for it, you know, or I don't have them yet. And and for now, maybe being cool with uncertainty is enough. Yeah, I, I think it's fun to explore. You know, not only your own beliefs, but to listen to other people because we're where do you know it gets in that whole where did our beliefs shape and come from? And and again, I it took me a while to realize no, that's that's not my belief. That's what my parents told me to believe. Or it, it's just like everything. It's like that game of telephone that or if if I was Mike's and Joe's sole friend, 
what would you believe? You'd probably believe everything that I told you. Maybe until some point you challenge that or, or you, you, you look for other information or other feelings or, or sources. And, and, and then even you get to the point where you are in, in your life like I am now and I, I still question what do I believe. But there are certain things I hold as truths, you know, for me personally. And those are those are sacred kind of things, but you know, they're they're probably different than both of you, and different than everyone that's listening as well. Yeah, and I, I've already kind of wrapped up with the final thought, but just one other thing to think about. I think the place that I can find it the easiest, that I found it the easiest in the last ten years or so, is with my grandkids. I did with my kids as well, with my children, but I wasn't listening hard enough back then. I wasn't really paying enough attention to what they were saying. I was too much of a parent. You know, I, was, I knew the rules. I knew where they were going. I knew what was happening. I instructed them to get through school a certain way, to do certain things. With grandkids, it's a little different. You can kind of let them be themselves. You can go out to lunch with them and you can ask them a question. They can ask you a question, you know, and in that question is pure innocence. They haven't been corrupted yet. They don't know all this stuff. So they ask you a question that you look and you say, like with, with this one granddaughter, you know, I know you because you're my granddaughter. Well, that wasn't a good enough answer for her. And I get those questions all the time from the kids. There are times when I don't have the time for it. Majority of time now, I do. I have much more time to spend with them and do that. And I think a fertile area, you know, for anyone that's listening, would be to talk to your little kids. I mean, the ones that haven't been corrupted yet. And by corrupted, I mean don't have all the answers. You'd be surprised what they, you might hear from them, the questions they might ask.